This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! Oh boy, Phil Elson here, Matt Jones, C-Unit, Kristen Johnston producing. How's everybody doing? You have a big weekend. It was, one, it was a good weekend, Matt, as far as uh, entertaining games on television for football. It was a bad weekend for Arkansas basketball. Both the men's and women's teams had uh, really tough games. And um, I don't know. I, 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 I guess, I mean, we've already kind of, I uh, think, assumed now that uh, Arkansas men's basketball really is going to have a, an incredible climb to try to even get to the bubble or they'd be considered for the NCAA tournament, but at least there's some time left. Not a good game on Saturday. Not at all. Yeah, you have to have expectations to lower them. And uh, this this team, they they uh, for whatever reason, they, they just don't play well together. You know, it's like there's something about when you get a group of guys together, how, how you can feed off each other. You know where somebody's going to be. You know how they're going to rotate. You just something that comes with playing together and I think this group of guys are just they're just not clicking in whatever way because there's some talent there there, there there is there's some talent there to compete but they're not cohesive they're, they're just not working it together that's what I saw out of South Carolina I did not see anything other like oh South Carolina has these athletes that are better than us now Auburn I did Florida I did you know I, that, that's 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 true uh, but South Carolina, no. I, I saw pretty even, even skill set on athletes. And but I saw a team that played together, knew where they were going to be, made the extra pass, cut, and then I saw a team that didn't. Yeah. Well, we'll kick around a lot on the basketball teams. You know, it's, this this game against Carolina kind of felt like um, Arkansas players bought into the idea that it's not a ba- not a good team, uh, and that they're they're not sure if there's much they can do about it. I mean, you got you got uh, it's the second time that a player in the post game has questioned his own teammates' efforts uh, and lack thereof at times. That wasn't the case for the women's team yesterday against the defending national champion LSU Tigers. Uh, they're just beat up. You know, Talia didn't play again. Sailor Poffenbarger's got uh, more issues with that right shin. Uh, they played hard. That that women's team yesterday went out and tried their absolute best. It just it wasn't close to good enough against. Uh, team that really looks like they're going to be competing for a national championship again for the men's team though Matt you do you you, you people you question the effort at sometimes here and I think for good reason um I just it's just not it, there's so much about this team right now that is not good you know I think one of the themes that we've tried to hit on what is it this team is good at and for a while you would point to well they block some shots and they'll get to the foul line. And they can score a little bit, but they can't score right now in the SEC. They're not getting to the foul line enough. And the block shots doesn't really seem to release to available to uh, opportunities to score off those block shots either. So I, I'm at the point now, Matt, where I, I don't know what they do well. I really don't, I don't know what they do well right now. They don't know what they do well. Must doesn't know either. And it kind of felt like, I don't know if the coaches bought into that necessarily, but the players, I think, have now bought into, at least in their minds, they're just not a good team. They're not sure what to do about it. Yeah, block stats are an interesting stat because a lot of times you're giving the ball back to the opponent. Uh, not 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 every time. It, it is a, an interesting stat. <coughs> Excuse me. 
It's all good. We're all dealing with the stuff in the back of the throat at this time of the year. That's uh, that's for sure. What I was going to we need a humidifier in a radio studio, which is never a good idea. Well, that story you were telling me earlier about how you were at the at the place and somebody walked in and was like, "What's that smell?" You know, and then you walk in, and it's like it's kind of stuffy in here. You know, you kind of like oh, everybody needs to open a window and and clear out a little bit. It's the thing that I've noticed that where, where's Brazil? Where's, where have all the Cowboys gone? Where is, where is our, our lottery pick? Where's our first rounder? Where's our six, nine athlete? Where's our basketball player? Where's our guy? Uh, zero the pterodactyl playing like zero, zero offensive rebounds. No, there's, I mean, there's no way that this dude should not have a, a two, three offensive rebounds a game. I mean, this, his length, his athletic ability, his knowledge about, I mean, that that's what I, I think a little bit is their basketball IQ is a little bit down. I, I wonder how their basketball awareness, like where to be, what to do, like they they're still thinking and not reacting. Um, but yeah, if, if if Brazil, that's that's the thing. When you're not a back to the basket guy, you know you can't give him the ball like Jalen Graham and say go to work, big fella. He doesn't do that. He's not a really a ball handler. It's like how do you get him in the mix? I don't know that we know how to get Brazil going. I don't know if we know how to get anybody going right now because nobody's really going. You know, Tremont Mark has an historic game against A&M and, you know, did a disappearing act for uh, a good chunk of the well, he got game a- against South Carolina. I mean, that's somebody you think you're counting on. And, and yet, what, he didn't even make his first shot until there were about three minutes left until halftime. Uh, you know, it's a... It's a yeah, I hate to keep trashing him, but um, it's just, it's not good. You know, Arkansas has the worst scoring margin in SEC games, amongst league teams, we're one, one, and eight in the ten in the ten halves, Phil. Uh, so I, I went back and looked at it. Really, we're okay. One, we're one, one, and eight, meaning we've won one, we've lost, uh, we we've tied one, and we've lost eight. One half. We've they only won, won one, one half. half. And that was the A and M game, that's, right? That's it. And we've tied one other half. We've lost the other eight. It, you're you're that's right. That's wild to think about because it wasn't a very good second half in the in the win over the Aggies. You certainly lost the second half, but you you know clung on to that win on Tremont's shot. That's wild. That's uh that's a lot of that's a lot of losing basketball, which is just you're not making yeah, when you're one one and eight, you're not making enough basketball plays. Well, and now this next week you you're going to Oxford against a, an Ole Miss team that's obviously been revived under Chris Beard, and then you got Kentucky coming into town for game day. Like this is the year that now we're doing game day at Bud Walton Arena right now. Uh, with uh, they got this seven two European center, Big Z who had this amazing debut the other day, was just cleared by the NCAA. He can finally play, got out there, and scored more than a point per minute. So it's not looking good for the next week. Not at all. But, uh, hey, at least there was good football over the weekend, right? Now, this this is a little frustrating sometimes for somebody that works in women's basketball like I do. You just end up missing a lot of the NFL playoff games <laughs> in January. That's just, Sometimes you actually have to miss the Super Bowl unless you change your, your travel plans. Um, Thankfully, this year, the women's team plays the, the day after the Super Bowl. So we'll actually, be, I guess we'll be watching the Super Bowl in Knoxville together. There you but go. So, sometimes I've had to change my travel plans just to watch the game. I wasn't able to watch much of any football this weekend. And I love the playoffs. But, you know, when you're hired to do something and you're told you're going to be here at a certain time and you're, you're in the air, literally in the air during most of, 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 uh, of two of the games and I was on the air for the first game yesterday. There's just not a lot that I could have watched. But I did watch Brock Purdy make the comeback against the Packers. I got in the room just in time to turn it on for the fourth quarter, and I'm thinking to myself, Brock Purdy's not Joe Montana. 
and then he pulls kind of a Joe Montana. Maybe not quite. It was dramatic. It's one comeback. It's in a divisional game. It's not in a in a championship round. It's not in the Super Bowl, but it was a Joe Montana. And I kept thinking, this is your chance to show that you can do what the legend has done over and over and over again. That's one step. And then I did get in the car yesterday after the uh, the flight landed uh, with the ability to listen to the Bills' last drive and uh, heard Kevin Harlan's call of wide right. And um, I couldn't believe what I was listening to. It was it was it was like it was like the Super Bowl all it's over like again. Scott, all those Scott years Norwood ago, came back to life, huh? Mm-hmm. That's well, exactly Brock right. Purdy could be Charlie Batch, though. Uh, I, I thought the <laughs> same thing you thought, Phil. I, I'm wondering. I'm looking and watching Brock Purdy, and I'm like, San Francisco is winning with this kid. Like he he couldn't throw the ball. He's he's kind of the ball fluttered out of his hand a couple times. I know it was wet and raining and stuff, but you're like. You see the other kids throw, and you're like, "Oh, well, he's he would be when you're if you're just grading on that, he's he's the last one out of all the quarterbacks, talent wise." Uh, but but Christian McCaffrey, you got to give him credit. He did. He stepped up. He made plays. How do you how do you not pull for him? Uh, but yeah, when you when you look at it, you're like, "There's no way that that quarterback beats the other quarterbacks uh, as as far as the other three that are left." So you get some. I think these are exactly the games that you wanted to see. I mean, maybe you wanted to see the Bills at the Ravens. I'm perfectly okay with the Chiefs getting there for a sixth consecutive Bills year. You knew they couldn't guard anybody. They're linebackers and safeties. You knew they were going to exploit the middle of the field. They the, the Chiefs did that all day. Well, we'll have a great Sunday uh, for championship games uh, coming up this next weekend, and it happens to be the same uh, the day after. You're going to be, uh, I guess, hopefully celebrating what feels like a revival to the basketball season but I'm, I'm at the point now where I'll believe it when I see it. I hate when I get there but that's where I am right now. Believer in Jordan Love? Uh, yeah. yeah. I think he's a great quarterback. I'm a believer too. For a guy that really didn't put the ball in harm's way very much in the last half of the season uh, he would like that last throwback but not a lot of us know what it's like to be under that kind of pressure. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in downtown Hot Springs, Arkansas is the perfect destination for your next getaway. Join them for a romantic Valentine's Day getaway with a special dinner or romance package. Or if you're coming to town for live racing, they've got room for you every weekend, including Martin Luther King Day weekend and President's Day weekend. Experience all the luxury and hospitality of a Grand Southern Hotel. The accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more details. That's ArlingtonHotel.com. We've got Mike Irwin with us from Pig Trail Nation this morning. Always appreciate his time. Mike, how you doing today? You staying warm? You uh, brave in the roads? <laughs> well, I haven't gotten out yet. I'm about to leave when I'm through here, but I think they're all right. I mean, it's wet out there, but I don't think it's icy. Rough basketball game on Saturday, Mike. Uh, I mean, I don't know where to go with it in some cases. It's just, it almost looked like, like the players that were on the court bought into the idea that they're not a good team together because it kind of played in that fashion. Um, I, I, I don't know where to go from here, man. I just you're looking for some sort of an improvement. You got one good half against A and M, and it's been three bad halves since then. 
Yeah, somebody I know was talking to one of the assistant coaches. I'm not going to out the coach, but he apparently told this person that this was the most uncoachable bunch of guys they've ever been around. They're just not coachable. It's not that they're necessarily disruptive in practice. They just, whatever they're taught, whatever they work on, they don't carry it to the game. They just get out and start doing their own thing. They're not a cohesive unit. Um, there were people close to the court in that South Carolina game that claimed that the players were just openly laughing about how easy it was for them to score. This was a, one of the lowest scoring teams in the in the SEC coming in. They were averaging in the low 70s, mostly a team that got by with defense and, and rebounding, greatly improved. I watched three games that day on Saturday all on the SEC network, and they'd have these periods of time between the games where they'd have these analysts on talking about it. And everybody was talking about South Carolina and how much they've improved. And so you've got these teams at the top like Tennessee and, and Auburn, you know, and Kentucky, and I think any of those could be Final Four teams, maybe more than one. They're very good. And then you've got a bunch more, six, seven more from there that are all good basketball teams and on any given day, they can play really well. And South Carolina is one of those teams. And Arkansas keeps running into these teams. And then they don't do anything to to kind of stop them. And again, Eric Musselman said something after this game, guys. And you can in, maybe I'm reading too much into it. But he said something along the lines, we're going to have to help these guys understand what they need to do. I've never heard him use the term help before. He's kind of an old-school guy. He hangs out with football coaches in the offseason, especially pro coaches. You know, he coaches like a football coach. He's in-your-face, old-school, throws fits during practice. Sometimes will throw bounce a basketball off the wall. Um, and that's the kind of coaching I've kind of always been around. And some people are suggesting maybe this bunch just doesn't respond to that. I don't I don't know. I don't know what you do. I don't know if he changes his style for this group only and then make sure next year he doesn't have anybody like this. It's just very frustrating to watch these guys. And we're at the point now where people are really starting to say, Well, how long till baseball? Well, it's three weeks until the season starts, a little little over three weeks and, and just a, a few days before practice. And that's where the focus is going to be now. But, guys, I'm worried. I mean, as highly ranked as this baseball, football, basketball team was at the start of the season, where they are now, I mean, their numbers aren't even in line with making the NIT. So, you know, how did this happen? How did you go from being just outside the top ten at preseason to maybe you don't even make postseason play? And that scares me a little bit with baseball because they're up there two, three in the country and you're just kind of got your fingers crossed and want to get through that, you know, the opening weekend and then maybe the, the trip to Arlington and just and then be able to tell yourself, yeah, they're good. They're that good. Mike, is there a way I, I look at this basketball team and, and, and I think we all we all kind of think Trevion Brazil's the, the best players. Is, is there a way to run the offense through him? Uh, I get that if he can be more aggressive uh, as far as offense, he had that game early. We had a couple put back dunks, being aggressive, but he was getting more shots. Uh, it seems like he kind of disappears. How do we get Brazil more involved in the offense? He and Devo are the guys coming back with experience under Musselman. 
and it's almost like they've regressed, and it may be the way they're they're doing things. I, I'm not sure. He's such a bad defensive player right now that sometimes that can affect you offensively. When you're, I mean, I've never seen a guy that falls for a jump fake worse than he does, and maybe that's affecting him offensively, or maybe it's like you suggest they're not running the offense the right way to benefit him. But. They keep working on this, keep trying different things, but nothing ends up working. I mean, even the A&M game, guys, they got lucky. I mean, they really did. They blew a 20-point lead, and if that ball doesn't go down, I mean, you're winless in the SEC, and I'm not sure that one makes that much difference. I feel like maybe they can win three, four games the way they're playing right now, but I don't know. Maybe it would help. Uh, We'll see if they... If they, I, I've got to believe he's got no choice but to continue to tinker and try to come up with ideas. I'm not just sure what they are. You you hit on, and maybe it's more of a fatalistic attitude amongst the fan base. Um, skeptical might be the right way to put it with what we've seen this year. Just because, you know, you football was hyped up, uh, fell in their faces. Basketball, they weren't just hyped up. I mean, there was they were, outside media picking them in the Final Four. And to win the national championship. And right now, they're in a downward spiral. You know, I mean, I and I throw this into every conversation I have about the baseball team right now, whether on the air or or off the air. Nobody wants to hear about the hype right now. Just because of the example of the previous two seasons. What, top five portal class ever? You know, like it was... Yeah, the best freshman class in the... Then you hear there's an injury to one of the young pitchers. He'll He'll pitch at some point this year, but, you know, there is an injury to one of them, Hunter Dietz. So, you know, Mike, I mean, it's just, it's, it's feeding that, um, uh, the, the chicken little attitude that we have sometimes, uh, where we have examples for why you might feel like that sometimes too. Yeah. I've never seen, I cannot recall a Razorback team in any sport as hyped in preseason and to have these results to be hyped as a possible final four team, certainly preseason right outside the top 10 and then here we are a little bit halfway through the season maybe they don't even play in postseason because they're not good enough that's just unbelievable that but it is proof that we just the people that write these there was a guy complaining to me about arkansas's portal signings in football because he's looking at what uh, old miss is doing and and some of the other schools and he's just complaining and i'm going look i mean you just don't know until those guys play. I mean, there's just, this is a perfect example of, and everybody, I've had people say, why can't we go back to the old days where you bring in freshmen and develop them? I I don't know. It's just one of those things that portal has done. Sam Pittman has said he would prefer to go back and do it the old way, but you're, you can't do it that way anymore because of the ability to bring about instant change if you get the right guys in through the portal. But if you get the wrong guys, it can be an instant change to go backwards. Yeah. Uh, so it, it can it can bite you. It can help you, but it can also bite you really badly. Mike, I had a, had a joy over the weekend outside of the Razorback basketball game watching these NFL playoffs. All the home teams won uh, except for the Chiefs. All of them were one-possession games except for the Ravens. Uh, it, it was pretty exciting. I, it, I don't know what you got to see over the weekend, uh, but give me uh, give me who you got in the Super Bowl based on what you saw this last weekend in the matchups we got this this next weekend. 
Yeah, I was working until around 6.30, so I came, got to come home and watch the Chiefs win the game that they won. And I, I thought they were going to lose. I really did. There were, you know, when that ball was fumbled into the mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. the out of bounds into the end zone, and now everyone's raising hell about that rule and saying it's got to be changed. I'm not sure how you would change it. Would you change it to you retain possession? The team that fumbled retained possession, just like a fumble out of bounds, but There's... they give it back to you on the one. Or what do you do? No, that the rule. Uh, that's the the way the rule is. That's how that rule goes. It's the other team's ball on the twenty. I don't understand yeah. the reason the feel the reason to feel like you got to change that. It's like, well, this is the most important real estate in the entire in the entire <laughs> right? football field. Football is the most precious. Don't fumble thing. the ball through it. It's mm-hmm. like the same idea. People hate the baseball rule where a drop third strike and the runner can advance to first base. They don't yeah. like it. So what? That's what the rule is. It's what it's been for years. Whether you like it or not, it doesn't matter. Well, I, I thought the Chiefs were dead. I really did. And then they came back and won that game, and you look at Mahomes and you realize what he's done in every single year that he's been a starter. He's Crazy. always made it to the to the championship game, you know. Uh, that's amazing. And so that was fun to watch. A lot of people are distracted by all this Taylor Swift stuff. I don't pay any attention to it. I don't care. Um, I, I'm a Chiefs fan. I told you this the other day, I got so disgusted with Dallas a few years ago. I said, "Hey, I'm switching," you know. And so I enjoyed it. It was fun. I don't get to be a fan very often because I have a job to do, and you gotta gotta separate yourself. But I, yeah, I was at home watching that, and I enjoyed it. But that's the only game I got to see yesterday. Jason Kelsey was having the the, the best time. He His was, man boobs out totally outstaged Taylor Swift. He was crushing totally. it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, I, I just I'm I'm happy for them because I really thought, oh no, this 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 whole period of time that I've been through since the end of football season all the way to now has just been a, a disaster. And I thought, oh, the Chiefs lose, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go get into a closet and just lock the door and separate myself from the outside world. That's just funny. That's just, that's just funny. Mike, we'll leave it there, okay? I appreciate you hopping on. Be safe out there when you do get out there today, and we'll uh, we'll visit next week. Hopefully, hopefully we got some good things to talk about basketball. Yeah, okay, guys. Thank you, Mike. Mike Irwin from Pig Trail Nation. I, I really don't get why people have such a problem with Taylor Swift being featured on television at NFL games. Um, look, they're going to show fans. They always show fans. You're going to see somebody's mom. You're going to see crying kids. You're going to... You know, there's going to be somebody falling asleep because they're drunk and freezing cold. I mean, they show people in the stands. I, maybe be, maybe I'd rather see somebody that everybody knows in that case that we can talk about. And then there's Jason Kelsey, who apparently has never heard of the man's ear. Well, I, I know who Prom King and Prom King are this year. That's that's for sure. <laughs> Travis and Tay-Tay got that wrapped up. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v for your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts
Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. The Bills beat the Chiefs uh, up and down the field, except on the scoreboard, Phil. I mean, they had 27 first downs. The Chiefs had 21. The Bills were 7 of 14 on third down. Doesn't get a whole lot better than that. 2 of 3 on fourth down. They outgained them. Uh, they had more. Re- the the one stat that was that you try to do when you play Patrick Mahomes, I know I told you this is what we did when we played Peyton Manning, limit his time of possession. The Bills had the ball for 37 minutes. The Chiefs only had the ball for 23 I mean, that's they did all the right things. Uh, they didn't even turn the ball over. There's this. I, I, there's you look at that game and uh, yeah, the the Bills they they missed the field goal. I mean, you you think about it, but the the Bills were doing everything the right way to give themselves a chance to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Did did the Chiefs do anything defensively to turn Allen into a little bit of a checkdown Charlie yesterday? Because I mean, you just look at he averaged under five yards per completion. You usually see his numbers way different than that. Uh, so, again, it's, I, I only was able to listen to a little chunk of the last part of the game, which was the part of the game that mattered most. But was there something you saw that the Chiefs did defensively that mucked up what Buffalo would usually do on offense? You know, Buffalo did. I, I, you, you look out, who who scares you? Diggs is OG, it, the the cold weather. I thought Buffalo ran their their plan well. I just they just didn't execute when they had to. That that when it when it was a money down, when it had to be the proper you know the proper play and 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 to get it done, they just it's it's kind of like what you said with Denver and Cleveland. It's like they Cleveland kind of dominated some of those games, kind of beat them up and down the field, kind of beat them in some of the categories. You try to go out there. They analytically, they show they they point they trend to you winning that game if you win these categories, and and the Bills did. They just uh, when it got down to it, the final score they just didn't score more points. Let's go to Charlie on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. What's up, Charlie? How you doing today? I'm good. I got some football one on one. I'm I'm with you guys. Uh, Phil, let me tell you what they were doing uh, when you're talking about uh, Kansas City. And Matt, I know you you've been around a while, so you know Spagnola and uh, Sean McDermott. Uh, you know they kind of come from that same tree, right? I think they talked about it. The uh, Jim Johnson coaching tree in Philly. Am I right about that? Weren't they around? Did I say that right, or am I saying that wrong? No, I think you're right. Okay. Well, one of the things that they're good at, I think, is uh, disguising things, especially on third and long. And those safeties will move, move all over the place. You think you got one look. I mean, uh, Phil, I think on certain situations, they were giving them the underneath stuff, and Allen didn't take it. I know down there uh, late, man, I know you saw the play. He had Diggs wide open on that mm-hmm. drag route mm-hmm. that he should have just hit him. And, and, and I don't even know Diggs would have got the first down because there wasn't, there wasn't much out there in front of him. You know, I kind of agree with that last call. The only thing I will say in the second half that Kansas City did do, they did start bringing more people down in the box on early downs. So I didn't understand why maybe the Buffalo didn't play action more on first down. or You know, if they were, they did take a couple shots. They just missed them. I, I remember a couple down the sideline that they took where they dropped them or just missed it by a guard or so. 
And I'll, I'll be honest, the Green Bay, Green Bay to me, I'll play San Francisco too, Matt. It was kind of similar. I think they didn't score in the red zone in the first half. They dropped both of Purdy's interceptions that they had a chance to catch. And now I'm not taking anything away from San Francisco. I'm, I'm going to give Purdy credit in that fourth quarter when they needed him too on that last drive. He took them down the field. He did something that I didn't know he could do, Phil. I mean, you know, they're always playing from ahead. You're used to being ahead, and I think that was the first time, like, they'd come back in the fourth quarter by double digits. So, or whatever it was, I may be wrong, but I'm going to give Purdy credit for that. He was a little off. i tell you what, guys, that Detroit-San Francisco game, I've seen the lines on these games, and I would flip them. Uh, I think somebody said seven. Is it seven for uh, – it's seven for Detroit and San Fran, right? And then it's three and a half for the other. Mm-hmm. I think Baltimore by far. I, I, I think they're, there's just not a hole on their team, guys. Uh, I think they're going to beat Kansas City. Now, I understand Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. But I just think Baltimore is the best team right now by far. I think Detroit has a better chance to go to San Francisco – and win. That's just my opinion, but I could be wrong. Anyways, y'all have a good one. Man, I think look, here's here's part of this. Only one of these teams has players that have won a won Super Bowls with this team, with the team that they're with. You know, you you'll count out Kansas City and, and Mahomes at, at your own uh, at your own danger. And you know that. You know that. I mean, we, all we've seen them do is when they're is when they're home games in the playoffs. We now have evidence of an ability to win a road game in a really difficult environment uh, in a game that maybe they shouldn't have even won, too. So there's, I don't know, I don't put it on, on anything divine or anything like that, but there's, there's, there's something to be said about Kansas City now doing it on the road for once in a tough place. Baltimore, look, Baltimore can get really loud. It's not known for, you know, that, how, being that difficult of a place to go on the road. The team has so much more to do with it. But the Buffalo fans and that stadium and that weather, you in there, I, I feel like you can win almost every, anywhere. Bet Sarazen, by the way, has San Francisco uh, minus 6.5, minus 275, and Baltimore minus 3, minus 170 on the money line. JW in London will take us into the break. What's up, JW? How are you? I'm good. Happy... I see halftime today, or at least it is down here anyway. Uh, you know, for my own reasons, I've been waiting a long time for this. I want to see a KC 49er matchup. And uh, I'm a 49er fan to the bone. The first game I ever saw was in the old Kizar Stadium uh, when I was about eight years old or so. And it was like sitting on concrete cold cold it was cold too they we went there but as far as uh sea units uh movie adventures one of the things that i think he's really going to enjoy about tarantino through the years and it, and it's one of the things that separates genius from just average guys is he's really going to enjoy watching them again down the road now I don't know what he's got on the agenda for next month, but I highly recommend the Cohen brothers. They are in a class all by themselves, and they deserve a look. See, anyway, I listen to your song about every or listen to your show about every day. Part of the reason I listen to is for the good bumper music you always playing. 
But anyway, take care of yourselves and stay warm. Thank you very much, JW. And and yeah, it was Joe. It was. I mean, I'm sorry. It was Craig Schaefer who played Joe Kane, not uh, not Christian Slater. So I was I was wrong about that. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Dave and his team have all your holiday drink options. That includes Fireball and Bailey's Chocolate, Jack Daniels Crown Salted Caramel, Winter Seasonal Beers, Eggnogs, and more. Come by Eastside Liquor, 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith. Now back to the podcast. Hickey and Hole Law Partners are now here for you and all your legal needs in MENA and the Little Rock area. Hickey and Hole Law Partners specializing in divorce, custody cases, civil litigations, and more. Having over seven decades of combined experience to better serve you and the community you live in. Please visit KevinHickeyLaw.com or call us at 479-434-2414 for a consultation or come by an office nearest you. Things are about to get better. We'll head to the McClarty Daniel Hotline and joined by Connor O'Gara, national columnist from Saturday Down South. Good afternoon, Connor. How you doing on this Monday? Gentlemen, doing really well. How about yourself? Good, man. Good. You know, you uh, you stimulated some conversation or I think aroused a couple of fan bases up here. I love your question, who's the most Bills fan base of college football? There's a couple that we've settled on here. A couple on the text line said Wisconsin. Uh, they, it's cold enough, just like Buffalo, never won a national title. They're good, not great. They'll, they'll definitely jump on some tables in the tailgate. The other is Ole Miss. So, uh, what do you think of those two and what other answers have you gotten? Ole Miss is good. You know, I, I wonder because Ole Miss doesn't feel like it's quite close enough. Like you almost need to have more pain and Wisconsin, I think fits that description better just because when they've been at their best really throughout most of the 21st century. And even if you want to go back to like the Ron Dane era of the, the late nineties, they would have that loss that was just so inexplicable. And you'd be like, how in the world did Wisconsin lose this game to Northwestern or, or Iowa or something like that? And, and they would be the, the close, but no cigar team for a very long time. They felt like they would hit their respective ceiling. So I, I like the Wisconsin one. I, I've been to Camp Randall a few times. I love it. It's like one of those places where if you've ever experienced jump around in the press box, you question if you're going to be able to survive that post-third quarter celebration. But it's, uh, it, it, I think that's a good comp. I, I don't know that there's anyone that, that fits it perfectly, but I, I just think that Buffalo is such a one-of-one situation. I was trying to see if anybody would have a better idea than I did. Connor, with uh, Jim Harbaugh, I saw he interviewed again for the Falcons. I guess they got to say this now because we were we were talking earlier. It's like if man, if Harbaugh wants to come in, that you take him. Is is Harbaugh? Is it all but a done deal that somebody else is going to be the head ne- a different head coach at Michigan next year? I think so. I, I don't see how he comes back again. I mean, what, what's he going to say if he comes back this time? Like, I actually kind of would would like to see him come back. Just well, in part because I love characters in college football. It makes our sport better to be able to, to talk about. But I would love to see the statement that he would come out with and say, I swear, this is my last time interviewing for an NFL coaching job. It's like, dude, you said that the last two years. Why should we believe you now? Um, it, it's happening. It, it's got to. I, look, I, I think that he's going to find a way to get one of those jobs, whether it's the Chargers or the Falcons, somehow not my Chicago Bears. Um, but I do think he gets one of those jobs. I think I think Michigan is going to make the internal move to get Sharon Moore. 
I think they're going to promote him from within after the job that he did as the interim coach. Kind of shades of what we saw with Ryan Day, interim head coach for Urban Meyer when he was suspended in 2018. So I, I would say that's the most likely course of action. Alabama fans, speaking of Ohio State, they were rolling their eyes with Bill O'Brien coming back into college football as Ohio State's next offensive coordinator. It also happens to be the same week that they're apparently landing uh, Julian Sayan, who might have maybe been next in line after Jalen Milrow at Alabama to be over a quarterback. Of course, they have Will Howard that transferred in this last year. Um, what, what, do you, what do you think of Bill O'Brien at Ohio State? Is this the way to fix the Ohio State offense? No, it's not. It's really not. <laughs> Look, I'll take Ryan Day as a play caller over Bill O'Brien. Um, that's just me personally and anybody that has watched Bill O'Brien. I was of the belief in 2021 that he was getting too much criticism and I defended him more so and said, you know, I think players like him more than what we give him credit for on the outside. I still think it's it's not a coincidence that, that Bryce Young won a Heisman Trophy, first Bama quarterback to ever win the Heisman Trophy that year where Bill O'Brien was his OC and not Steve Sarkeesian. Like, I, I think he did a lot of good things in 2021. Those of us who watched in 2022 saw an offense that was maddening. And so often it was Bryce Young just having to put on his cape and be Superman. And when you're in that spot, when the play just breaks down all the time and you're a quarterback that has to go out and make the superstar play, it it doesn't really look too good on an offensive coordinator. And I think that those of us that watched Bill O'Brien saw those issues, and we wonder now how that's going to play out with Will Howard as the quarterback now for Ohio State with loads and loads of talent in that room. They also got five-star Aaron Nolan as well that's set to enroll. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a fascinating situation. But you could tell the ones who have watched Bill O'Brien versus the ones who are just looking at his numbers and what he did at Alabama. Uh, Connor, I don't know how much uh, of the NFL playoffs you got to watch over the weekend. There, there was uh, a, a lot of good matches. Um, when you're looking at the, the when you're looking at uh, Baltimore and Kansas City, who, who do you have in that one? I want this to be Lamar's time. I do. I find myself rooting for Lamar. Isn't it weird how there are certain guys that you can watch and, you know, you don't have any sort of connection to them in college other than, you know, you maybe find yourself wanting to watch them play because they provide entertainment value. They get to the NFL and they can go through various journeys and you just kind of root for them. That's how I've felt with Lamar. I'm also of the belief that Todd Munkin is one of the great offensive minds in in all of football right now. Is he a head coach, you think, in the making? He should be, man. Like, the way he got robbed at Cleveland, he's got to be. Like, I, I think he's got to be one of those guys that, that that's viewed in, in those NFL head coaching circles the same way that Ben Johnson's getting that treatment right now with the Lions. Like, I would love to see Todd Munkin be an NFL head coach. But, like, I, I think I think Baltimore's time has come. Like, as great as it was to see the Chiefs do what they did last night in, in Buffalo, I think there are a lot of people – will wonder like if was that their Super Bowl is now really the Ravens year the way that it's lining up for them so I'll, I'll go with with Baltimore and my my Todd Munkin love will uh will hopefully win out this weekend do you have a rooting interest in these games are you an NFL fan much I mean do you have a team that you grew up with we I know I know you with Indiana I know you with the Cubs are you Bears yeah I don't like to admit it I really don't um would you like I, I wouldn't no that's like you, like, why would you admit to being a Pittsburgh Pirates fan? Like, exactly. Why, you know, what, 
yeah, we, we keep these things locked and buried deep in places that we don't want to talk about. Um, look, it's, it's a painful existence, but this is how sad it is. I, I can't even be an NFC North hater. I'm rooting for the Lions. I think the Lions story is, is so fun. I, I love seeing what they've become. Um, Jameer Gibbs, I've, I've been a big fan of for a while. I love when Jameer Gibbs does something. I, I, I find myself texting with Jeff Collins, who is his coach at Georgia Tech, who's now the, the defensive coordinator at, at North Carolina. And I, we're just like in awe of how good he is, and it's been fun to watch. So I, I find myself pulling for for the Lions. But, yeah, no, I, I'm, a, I'm a sad Bears fan who lives a depressed life that really exists of nothing other than watching the Bears lose and then just rooting against the Packers, which I got to do on Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, you basically get to make fun of your team whenever you want. That's what I do with the Pirates. I mean, I turn it into a segment during the baseball season and try to turn it into comedy because if you're not laughing at it, what are you doing here? Who was who having the best time at the Kansas City Buffalo Bills, uh, Jason Kelsey or the Chiefs? I'm going to – oh, come on. It's Jason Kelsey. That was not fun for <laughs> That was a rock star yeah. movie. I know he hasn't, he hasn't, like, announced his retirement openly yet, but that, to me, was probably like a retirement announcement without shouting it. Probably not the moves of an active NFL player, if we're being 100% honest. I mean, Jason Kelsey can do whatever he wants at this point. Uh, that Look, the images that came from that were so unbelievable. I mean, that, that clip that, that CBS had uh, of Taylor Swift hugging, I think it was, it was Pat Mahomes' wife, and, and Jason Kelsey's just shirtless in the background <laughs> chugging a beer. I mean, that is, like, that guy deserves everything that he's going to get, all the flowers and stuff. I hope that his retirement announcement is as epic as it was to watch him, you know, interact with that Bills fan base last night. Hey, uh, you think Alabama's going to get investigated with this Caden Proctor video that came out from the Iowa basketball game? And he basically just said they were in contact with me during the season. They're not supposed to be. Does anything come from this at all? No, because the NCAA pretends that it can't defend tampering. It, it turns a blind eye to tampering. It's rampant. I mean, throughout the entire NIL transfer portal era, and we have not had a single tampering investigation, at least nothing that's gone public. When you have a guy that's coming out and saying, yeah, they, they've been talking to me. I'm, I'm from there. You know, they're wishing me well. I'm going through, you know, my ups and downs as a true freshman far away from home in Alabama. You have a, a university that is blatantly communicating with this guy. And he ends up going there, <laughs> like before you know this thirty-day window. You know that 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 they could have really locked in on that. They were making contact with him. Yeah, you better believe that that's that that's part of it. But I don't trust the NCAA to do anything with that. I mean, if they were going to investigate, they should have started with the Jordan Addison thing, the way that played out two years ago. And Pat Narduzzi called out USD for tampering. I mean, it was the Blitnikoff Award winner, and the NCAA just kind of sat on his hands and go, "Well, well, what are you going to do? These teams are going to." get in contact as soon as these guys hit the portal. It's like, well, that's not how any of this works. So, no, I don't really have any comments. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at hitthatline.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.